uh, get hairs on the back of my neck standing up whenever I see those goals go in there. Good morning. Welcome to NUFC Matters. Uh, and it is the two legends, Gibbo and Malcolm. How are you, lads? I'm good, oh, mate. I'm good. Have, have you noticed Malcolm never misses that chance to keep waiting for him to miss and he never misses it? <laughs> <laughs> great, great to see you, lads. Uh, it was a game of missed chances again last week, though, for Newcastle United as we travelled to Brighton and came away uh, with a 3-1 defeat. Uh, Callum Wilson getting a consolation goal, but uh, wasn't much to shout uh, about John and missed chances again. Isaac could have had a, a goal. Anthony Gordon could have had a goal. Almiron could have had a goal. And, and, and like we keep repeating time and time again on this platform, if you don't take your chances, um, you know, you're going to get caught out in the Premier League. Yeah, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, I, I honestly think that was our worst display, not just of the season, but probably going back to Aston Villa 3-0 at their place. Because um, it was a worse display than Liverpool, I felt, because we were never at the races from the kickoff. Uh, you, oh, it's not you, I see Isaac on that shirt there. I was going to say, yep, you, missed, <laughs> you missed two chances in the first two minutes, which was unlike. You know, and when they didn't go in and you're away from home, I thought, oops, a daisy, this doesn't uh, bade well. But um, I felt that it wasn't us. It was unrecognisable to watch us in as much as the high press disintegrated. Dare I say it, the team spirit as the game went on seemed to disintegrate. And that is always very, very high with, with Newcastle. Uh, the midfield was unbalanced. Um, you know, Tenali and Bruno are fabulous players, but who does what and who sits and who goes? And it's, it looks unbalanced from what it was last season when, and that's probably because the glue's missing, which was Longstaff, who glued the midfield together because he could do all the dirty knees work and, and nobody's doing that successfully now. So he's been a miss. The least big name. We've got two Brazilian internationals and an Italian international, but I think we miss the local guy, Longstaff, because he, he glued it together. Burns, for me, Dan Byrne, he's hit a bad time, both at left-back and when he moved to left-centre-half. I think at the moment, bless him, he's looking a bit of a trundler with a lack of pace, maybe needs pulling out. Um you know, that was our fourth game of the season and the only change Eddie's made so far was forced upon him when Target had to come in because Botman was dropping out. And it might be, you know, this fortnight might be a time for him to seriously look at it and wonder whether, you know, we've got to change it a little bit more for Brentford, especially with AC Milan coming up three days later. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What's your thoughts, yeah. Mal? Well, um... I, I was quite horrified at what I witnessed against Brighton, quite horrified. Um, and we are renowned since early last season for being a very high tempo running side. Brighton ran the socks off us from the, almost the start to the finish. Brighton, they were just yards ahead of us all of the time um and i and i sat watching thinking well what what do we do on this and and i i don't know whether um whether it, it had been a bad journey down there or or whether 
that the, the um, they had had some bad food or whatever, and it, it upset them. But that's how they look to me. That uh, that something was quite wrong um, with with all of them. And if I can go back to to the Liverpool game, um, and I could maybe go back further, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to go back to the Liverpool game. The one thing that I don't see happening is that the game, the game, as we all know, it changes. It changes in a in a in a host of different ways at different times, and you've got to be alert to those changes and adjust accordingly. And I don't think Newcastle are adjusting to it at all. And I and there's a sort of golden rule um, in um, in football. It's been there um, since year dot, uh, and and that is you get to the last ten minutes and you're one nil up, you shut the shop, totally shut it down. And I watched Newcastle just flooding forward. They're one nil up against Liverpool. And Newcastle are flooding forward, giving no cover to the to the defence whatsoever. And the defence was equally exposed against Brighton. And Brighton were running through them. And I um and 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 what I'm I, what I'm not seeing is I'm not seeing Eddie Howe or his coaches barking out instructions barking out what changes to make changes in position or or changes in in the manner of play um but we just keep seeming to do the same thing the same thing the same thing and it, and games change and 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 teams and individual players have to change with those with those alterations um, and, and I don't see Newcastle doing it. And in the last two games, I, I found it, uh, well, apart from it, I found it upsetting, but, I, I, but I'm worried about it, that uh, people just aren't changing. Why on earth were we 10 minutes from time against Liverpool, a damn good side, despite the fact they've had a man sent off, they are a damn good side, <clears throat> and have been hugely improving over the past few months. That we've got 10 minutes to go, we're 1-0 up. Why on earth didn't we just close the just shut the shop at the back? Have the have the two midfielders, um, Bruno and, and Tonali, just sit in front of the centre halves and say, right, that's it, we kill the game. No. I mean, and both of them are bombing on in assistance to the forwards. Um, and everybody get into the opposing penalty area, and and Liverpool, they broke twice from the edge of their box, and the goals were almost identical. And Newcastle were caught out in Liverpool's box, with Liverpool breaking away, um, and, and 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 the goals were they they were so similar, and and I just thought. Oh, you know, we didn't even learn from the first one, for heaven's sake, that was the equaliser. And we got caught again in exactly the same way. And I 
and I, I find that I, I just find it unacceptable and and against Brighton I was expecting to see an, a change in attitude a change in people's positioning and and and, and I, I saw nothing at all in fact I, I honestly um, looked at the side and I thought oh have you not been to bed last night I mean, I, I look, talking about the Brighton game, bringing it up to, to date, I look at that and the, the thing that struck me is that the centre of the park, the middle third, often dictates a game, whether the forwards get support or whether the defence get covered. Now, last season, we had Longstaff sitting deep and we had Bruno and Joe Linton. Now, with the signing of Tonali, not his fault, a quality player, but not the type of player we needed. We needed a six. We needed somebody that would sit in front of the back four, offering protection and allowing Bruno to attack with Joe Linton on the left. Right. We, we haven't, wait a minute, Malcolm, we haven't done that. What we've done yeah. is get Bruno to sit deeper. He doesn't like it. He likes to get on his bike. What have we seen? We've seen him coming out of the back four, dribbling the ball from the back and then losing it in the counter-attack straight on. Our back four is vulnerable. I think we've got back four problems. We've certainly got a left-back problem. We've certainly got a lack of pace problem. But we're not protecting them. We're not protecting yeah, the back four. We did, we did last season. We're not doing that. Tonali mm. and Bruno haven't worked out how mm. how they can play together, one sitting, one going. Neither wants to sit. Bruno can't sit. He's not disciplined enough. He is more going forward. When he's told to sit, mm. he'll do it for 70% of the time. But then he'll, the ball will drop to his feet on the edge of his penalty area and he'll start dribbling out. Well, if you lose it from there, going past one place and two people laying on your back four, and with our lack of pace, if the counter-attack, our two centre-halves with a lack of pace, we are in trouble because Shaw and Popman haven't got pace. They might have good assets, but pace isn't one of them. Mm -hmm. And so we get caught out. I think our back four, who kept so many clean sheets last season and is now leaking every game, when was the last clean sheet? It doesn't yeah. happen anymore. We don't keep clean sheets and we get done at the back. We haven't got the balance in midfield right yet. And Eddie's got to spend this fortnight saying, what do I do about that? Now, do I bring Longstaff back in? If if I do, who goes out? Etc. Etc. But he's got two matches in three days. Huge, huge games because we've got to beat Brentford to, to keep in touch with the top of the Premier League. And then we're into AC Milan away, the Champions League we've been waiting for for 20 years. So they are massive. But he's got to look at it. And the answer is, you know what? A team is not made up of its 11 best players. It's made up of its 11 players who tactically mould together the best, like a jigsaw. It's, you know, it's no good having three uh, gazers in the middle of the field because, you know, you, you'll lose 6-5. You'll score five goals, but you'll let in six. You know, you, and, and 
there's no question of the ability of the three people that are middle of the park at the moment. But I don't think they complement each other as a jigsaw puzzle. I don't think we defend yeah. the back four well enough. I, I, I agree with you, John. <clears throat> There's one one more thing that um, I would add, and and that is that what Sean Longstaff it, it, um, gives is absolute unlimited energy, and he's up and down, up and down, up and down on the pitch all day long. But he's also absolutely superb at constantly being in support of whoever gets on the ball, uh, and. And so as soon as somebody, as soon as a ball arrives at somebody's feet, boom, they can look up and they'll be Sean Longstaff 10 yards away. And so he's always available as, as the release man, always. Um, and, and, and that's not happening with other players. Um, it's, it's what, what Sean Longstaff does, it, it's not going to grab headlines ever, but it, it really is the glue that can bind the team together. And who would you leave out? Well, um, personally, I would leave Joe Linton out at the moment. I don't feel that he's getting into the game at all. Um, it, it, he had a terrific season last season, but I, I, I just get the feeling that he's going back into bad old ways. I, uh, I, I, think, I think you've got a good point there, Malcolm. I also think... That he hasn't been fit for ages. He well, gets, gets yeah, injured. He gets injured. Uh, he gets injured in the game, Malcolm. He gets injured in the game. He doesn't train that midweek until the Thursday or the Friday, and then he plays on the weekend. He's not quite up to scratch. He takes yeah. a knock again. He comes off injured, and he doesn't train the next midweek. I sure. don't and think he's fit. John, he couldn't keep up with Brighton. He just couldn't yeah. keep up with them at all. Yeah. They were they were running off him, and he and he it was it was like he was breathing well out of his backside to be honest. Yeah, um, uh, and I, I know that Almiron hit the post late on, um, and and that would have, if if that had gone in, that would have sealed it. But it didn't. It hit the post. That was the stage where the message should have been sent on. Okay. We, we've missed out on our chance to make it 2 0. Have you gone now back to the Liverpool game now? Yes. Come back now, to Liverpool just, uh, uh, now we just sit back and let's defend that game. And then you take that into your next game. But we're not taking anything into the next game. Mind the next game, the next game was totally different, Malcolm, as well, wasn't it? We never started, we never got out the blocks against uh, no, right Not at all. Never got out of the block. And, yeah. and you know the interesting thing in the team selection of say midfield, there's other selection things. What happens at the back with Byrne? What happens at centre forward with Wilson mm -hmm. Scott? There's other decisions to be made. But on the midfield, what muddies the water, but I think is very interesting, is that perhaps you've noticed that three of our guys play late midweek in South America. Big Joe, Miggy and Bruno in mm. South America have got to travel back and this game's been brought forward from the Sunday to the Saturday now because of AC Milan. Now, are they going to be drained by the journey back 
and no training and straight into the game. Now, if you wanted to leave one out, it would be a perfect excuse where you could say, well, look, you've come back late. We'll leave you out. You can, you'll come back against AC Milan, but we'll leave you out for Brentford and you could make a change that way. The only trouble is if you say that to Joe Linton, the same applies to Bruno. And yeah. now Almiron can be very easily covered it, 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 out wide because we've got a few of them. But if you if that excuse of coming back late and you've been exhausted and not right is applied to one of the Brazilians, it's got to be applied to the other Brazilian as well. They're so not that... going to be back, John. It says, I mean, 2 a.m. on the 14th of September. Oh, not, they not, are not going to be available for the Brentford game. No, but I mean, that's okay. You can get round, Miggy, um, because you could switch... Gordon across and bring Barnes in or you can use Isaac on the left if Wilson comes back. You can cover that. You can cover one of the midfield by putting Longstaff alongside Tonali. But if you drop, mm -hmm. if you leave out both your, your Brazilians, you've got to go with Anderson if he's fit because he's pulled out of the Scottish squad with an injury. Um, so, oh, right. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's pulled out the, squat, the ah. Scottish crowd uh, with, with an injury and he's back on Tyneside. He's not just pulled out the game this weekend, but England next week as well. So, obviously, the injury is not going to clear up after Saturday to yeah. allow him to play against England. So, it's confusing in there, isn't it? And Because you mm. haven't got Willock, of course. He's out for six weeks. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, confusing. And... and and here, here we are uh, coming up to a really busy part of the season with the Champions League games midweek. Well, that's it, Malcolm. We've yeah. got to see Milan. We've got, and if we've been talking about um, Joe Linton, or I've been talking about Joe Linton not being fit recently, doing very limited training in between matches and it catching up with him. He's gone out there to play two matches for Brazil and he wasn't going to pull out of that squad. He's just got in the team, hasn't he? Bless him. Yeah. He's just got in the team. Now, he plays two more matches out there and he's not 100% uh, and he comes back. You know, is he going to be okay to play? It's. I mean, that may be the excuse that can be used by, by Eddie if he wants one. Look, you've been carrying, you've been carrying, you've been carrying these injuries. You've then gone away and played twice for Brazil and the long journey back. Bruno hasn't been carrying this season. So we'll risk him, but we can't risk the two of you. And then you can go Bruno, you could go Bruno, Longstaff and Tonali. On, on Saturday. It's interesting you're saying that you need an excuse, John, right? But isn't the sign of a good manager being able to be decisive rather than having to make an excuse? Oh, say, well, actually, he's going to be laid back from the international break. We'll just slip him in. I'm, I'm not questioning you, but I'm questioning I'm questioning how here in a guess because lots of people are putting chat uh, questions in the chat. John asks you, saying, is Eddie slightly too set in his ways? Did he not play a version of 4-4-2 at Bournemouth? By the way, he's without doubt the fella to lead us forward. No one, though, is above criticism. Uh, Cumbrian Mag says, What on earth does Elliot Anderson have to do to get a start? Acknowledged as being the pre-season star, does his limited bit part cameos blunt his progress? Um, and, and lots of people coming up with other suggestions, you know, about, about the next game, um, about the Brentford game. Gordon and Barnes should start with Anderson in midfield, with Tonali and Longstaff. Milan is just three days later. I mean, for me, this has been a... A big issue, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, John, about Bruno. 
I th- Bruno is Bruno doesn't look happy because Bruno's not playing in the position he was playing last season, and it's having a negative effect on on all of the team. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. If Anderson's okay next week, I mean, to be able to get a few days training in, and this injury, we don't know how bad it is, the injury with Scotland. Um, but if he's okay, then you can go Anderson, Longstaff, and Tenali. Um, because Anderson, I felt heartfully sorry for him on his preseason form when he added goals and he looked a powerhouse. And all of a sudden, you know, he'd gone in as a boy and he's, he came out a preseason a man, physically a man. He looked strong, powerful shoulders. He was holding people off. He, he definitely deserves a go. Um, the only thing, uh, talking about this excuse situation with Eddie, he's so loyal, isn't he? He doesn't seem to want to get a hold of a player and say, you're out and you're out and you're this. And you're... He's lo- if you've given him service, which you'd say Bruno and Joe Linton have, um, Wilson has, which is why he keeps bringing them back apart from scores goals. Um, but he is very loyal and he's loyal to the extent if Harvey Barnes hasn't got a start yet because he's loyal to the people that's in there. How long's Lewis Hall going to be kept waiting before he gets a start? Because I think he's exciting, man. And I think we need a left back big time because Byrne is one paced and target has not gone anywhere near what is required of a left back. He is not good enough yeah. as things stand now. He is not good enough. So we need Lewis Hall in the side. And by yeah, the way, I, I couldn't agree more, John. I, I, I think it's always with, with uh, um, Eddie Howe that uh, they, they have to get up to the fitness level that he requires before he'll think about starting them. And, and oh, so, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, Lewis, and I, I get the feeling that the players, they come into the club and it takes them, it can take them a couple of months to prove their fitness up to the level that's required. But, I mean, you look at Lewis Hall, uh, the ability he's got, what he can become in a situation where we are desperate for a left-back. And it shows what Southgate thinks of him. He was called up to train with the full England side in the last few days. Now, that isn't with a view of him playing for the full side, but what what Southgate does, which is brilliant, and Newcastle do it as well at club level, you take a couple of kids out the academy that look your best kids and have them train with the first team to give them that sort of encouragement. And that's happened this week. In, in the three that's been promoted to train with the first team is Lewis Hall. Now, you only do that if you think this kid's got a real future with England, which is what Southgate is saying by doing that. This guy's not been unfit. He's only 18. He just hasn't had the preseason games that others have had. But sometimes needs must, you know. Sometimes needs must. And Isaac, for example, when he come, was put straight in the side at Liverpool and scored sensationally two goals. I keep insisting it was two, not one, because that yeah. was been two. Yeah, it was. But then he was forced out with an injury and he brought him back slowly, as he did with Popman, etc., as he's now doing with Harvey Bonds. But sometimes it's easier to do that. It's easier to do that with Harvey Bonds when you've got Gordon flying down that his wing and doing ever so well 
But we have got nobody flying around at left back. You can't tell me Lewis Hall, slightly off the pace, wouldn't be a better left back than Dan Byrne. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Lots of questions. Lots of uh, the chat is going uh, wild today. Ian Toon Trader says, Do you think we've been affected? By the technical area rules this season, Eddie Howe didn't seem to think so. Um, does that they're finding a way around it? Is is that having a knock-on effect? I, I can't see that it is. Um, that the, there's there's always changes. Every summer there are changes, and therefore um, you just get it into your head what they are uh, 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 as players, and you just acclimatise very quickly as well um, i think i think the only thing that people are saying with that and i don't know that it has had a knock-on effect but the way eddie's always operated with mad dog both at bournemouth and up here is that eddie goes out and t takes the attack talking to the midfielders and the in the the forward the front three shouting instructions of attack and Mad Dog goes out to take the defence and does box the instructions for the back four and the keeper. And, of course, now only one can go out at a time. And mm. it's whether that works. I think it has a, a little bit of an effect, but it hasn't got anything to do with the fact that Newcastle's lost three games on the drop. Mm. OK. Uh, yeah, I agree, John. Alan is causing complete chaos in the chat by asking this. He says, John and Malcolm... Do you think we were we are sleeping sleepwalking into relegation? He says after we get beat off Brentford, it could be four defeats in a row. I'm still not over the Liverpool defeat, one of the worst in our history. John, has he been a bit over Alan, the top? Alan, <laughs> Alan, and I hope it's not the Alan Thompson that played for us saying that. But uh, <laughs> Alan, my darling, you've got a right to your opinion, but there's more chance of us going for to the next trip to the moon than there is to be relegated we we are concerned by three defeats on the trot in as much as how will it affect the immediate uh champions league and how we don't want to come detached from the top four but i think there's absolute i think the days of relegation are so far gone it's untrue i mean we did lose three matches on the trot last season Albeit one of them was the League Cup final, but we lost three matches 2-0 last season, if you remember, guys. Um, I, mm. I think it was Liverpool, Manchester United in the Carabao Cup final, and then Man City. And we've lost three on the trot here. But it has included sides this time of the quality of Man City, Liverpool and Brighton. Now, that's not an excuse because we are supposed to be a side of quality as well and we've got to get results against teams like that. But, you know, it, the Third World War hasn't been declared. Uh, I think that uh, we're going to be safe, but we're going to be OK, but we want to be more than OK, don't we? And what we need is to get a result against Bright, uh, Brentford so that we also go to AC Milan optimistically and before we get carried away you know because as Jodies do and all of a sudden the problems which were like little mole uh, hills when you're out having a walk by the river are suddenly supposed to be the size of Gray's monument well let us remember that Brentford are coming up here and we did the double over Brentford last season. We talk about Liverpool doing the double over us, but we did the double over Brentford last season. We won 5-1 up here and 2-1 down there. They're not the world's greatest side. 
They are a side that can be beaten if you get at them. They are a side without Ivan Tony, who scored both their goals against us last season, one each match, both in the penalty spot. This side is beatable. This side should get turned over by Newcastle. We've got a little bit of a problem if they don't. But yes, I mean, we've got a, you've got a, Alan, I want you to nip out in the garden and give your head a good shake and then come back in, sit down with a nice cup of tea and enjoy uh, that the, we're about to go into the Champions League on Tuesday when we come back and start playing again. Any therapy advice for uh, Alan, Malcolm? Sorry, Steve. Any, any, any advice for Alan who thinks we're going to be relegated? Well, I, 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 I think he's um, <clears throat> just completely over-exaggerating uh, um, the current situation. Good heavens above. Um, it, it, it's, uh, this is a bit of a hiccup that we need to overcome. And uh, overcome it, we, we will. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and we won't even be getting a whiff of relegation at all. There you go, Alan. You've been told by the two legends. Yeah, There's no chance of relegation. Plus, there are some, there are sides in the table at the moment who still haven't got a single point. Exactly. There's always somebody worse off. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, Alan. Yeah, and then, and Burn, Burnley, for example, they, uh, they finished easily top of the uh, championship last season, um, and they've looked to improve their side um, through through the uh, close season. Um, and they're getting absolutely hammered, left, right, and centre. I mean, we've also got to remember that it's only four days, uh, four games ago, when we hammered Aston Villa 5 1, who was supposed yes. to be the up and coming side in the country, and we mm. dismantled them. So, um, form, will, uh, form will return. Uh, yes, absolutely. No it's just what we've given up in the meantime, you know, vital points for the top four, the top six mm. next season and we don't want to go into the start of the Champions League campaign uh, on a downer and therefore Brentford's got to be well, taken care of no question about that yes absolutely be. John um, and uh, and we should be looking at, um, at, 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 at uh, AC Milan as if we're going to get an away victory it will be against AC Milan um, rather rather than the other two in the group. Um, AC Milan, I think, are, are the weaker side that, that we'll be facing. Yeah, form is temporary, class is permanent, lads. Remember that. It's time for the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by telephoning 01768 210102. A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. They're an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670 632 460 
or mobile 0791 4174. Email info at com, and they've got a website which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on their tours, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search membership pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. Don't forget we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket, win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. Okay, lots of people asking about the T-shirt. You can go to the website and uh, get your T-shirt there today at nufcmatters.com. Just want to uh, get your uh, lad's best wishes, I guess, to uh, a club stalwart, Stevie Harper, um, who has played... Uh, over 200 games for Newcastle, but also, um, you know, I, I'm still at the club now and, and doing some great work. Also spent a little bit of time at Sunderland, although we don't mention that too much. I uh, had, a, had a bad term with his health this week. Uh, I'm lucky, lucky enough to say that I have managed to uh, uh, get in touch with him and um, he, he's he's coping okay. He's doing well. I think I passed, uh, I passed all the NUFC matters uh, contributors. Um, best wishes on to him uh, when I was speaking to him. But um, yeah, John, awful to hear that. It gave me shades of Pavel, I've got to be perfectly honest. Oh, I mean, I was absolutely mortified when I heard that this week. Um, and only 48, and I can understand why you uh, immediately thought of Pavel, a very dear friend of yours. And um, uh, as with a lot of people, Hawks is a dear friend of mine. He is one of football's nice guys. There's no question about that. I've had an awful lot to do with him over the years. Funnily enough, uh, I actually signed him when I when I owned Gateshead. I actually signed him as a young goalkeeper to play for me at Gateshead. Kevin Keegan had just, if you remember, in the past, Kevin Keegan had just killed off Newcastle reserve side. He took them out to the Central League and said, we're not going to have a reserve side, we'll play the odd friendly. That's it. He was in a fit of peak because the Central League hadn't handled things correctly, etc., etc. So I saw my opportunity straight away when a lot of players weren't going to have games. And I, I met Hobbs at uh, Washington Services, and over a cup of char, he signed on loan for Gateshead, uh, stayed with us a couple of months, was absolutely terrific for us. Shortly after that, he played in the 1999 FA Cup final for us, and three years further on from that, he played a series of Champions League games, including a 1-0 victory over Juventus, the Italian champions, mm. up here when he kept the clean sheet. And a lovely, and he's still involved now with the academy, longest-serving player, in terms of time, 
uh, over 20 years with Newcastle just as a player and is now running the academy. A terrific, lovely, lovely man. And all our thoughts go out to him and his family that he makes 100% recovery and is able to carry on with the job that he's now doing. Uh, running the academy on behalf of a club he absolutely adores. So much thought towards Steve at this moment. Um, as I say, one of soccer's nice guys, without a question. And I think loads of Newcastle fans, all Geordies, will be hoping he gets back to where he wants to be. Mal? Yeah. Well, I, John, I absolutely echo every single word that you've said. He is he, he's a absolute smashing lad um really good company as well and uh, uh and and he was he was a pretty good goalkeeper as well um yeah. and, uh, he's got quite a responsible position at, at newcastle um and I, and I think copes with it exceedingly well so i do wish him well in his recovery and that he can get back to work as, as soon as possible um it, it, that he, he's a really fit lad, so that uh, he's got a head start um, with regards to it. But it's uh, it's maybe just a little bit premature to get um, to to suffer a stroke. But uh, and it depends on which kind of stroke, whether it's a one-off or whether it's mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, it, it's just the start of that they they can. Um, uh, one leads to another and another and another sort of every six months um so let's hope it's just a one-off and uh and, and that he can um get back to uh to the training ground as soon as possible yep uh, alan thompson good news he says spot on john and malcolm i've given myself a wobble and we're going to win the champions league <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I would, I would like one of those wobbles. I, I would really. I would like a wobble <laughs> when win the Champions League. He goes <laughs> two extremes of being Newcastle fan. No, Steve, not relegation for me, but top four. Uh, there we go. So thank you, Alan, for, uh, for, for putting our <laughs> putting our minds at rest. I think that's probably the best way to, to, to describe that. Um, this is an interesting one because we've been talking about midfield issues on this program for a while. But Darren Lee suggests uh, dropping Nick Pope and putting Dubravka back in. He says Pope's form seems to have dropped, and maybe why he was overlooked for the England setup. So goalkeepers, we I think this also ties in rather interestingly, Malcolm, with the the deadline day bid uh, for Hugo Lloris, who's obviously the um, you know the, the the former Spurs number one. And Newcastle were linked with a move for him on transfer deadline day. The the, the story goes that he, he turned Newcastle down. Whether that's true or not, I really don't know. But, um, yeah, it, I mean, Pope, I, I've got to be honest, he has looked a little bit shaky um, in games since he came. But overall, he's been a wonderful servant to, to Newcastle. Surprised to see him drop from the England squad. But Dubravka back in goal, Malcolm, is that a bit radical? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I totally disagree with it. Um, I think Pope is, is is much the better goalkeeper. What what you've got to remember um, in terms of his form this season so far is that he's he's got a very shaky side in front of him. That uh, uh, the back four haven't that they're not playing with the with the confidence and organisation that they were playing last season. Um, that the, the, the midfield is a bit all over the place. So what, what he's got in front of him 
isn't doing him any favours whatsoever. Um, and uh, I, 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 for one, um, think that he's a far superior goalkeeper to Dubravka, and I wouldn't even consider making a swap. Yeah, the, the situation with Luis is that Newcastle did make inquiries. Uh, one of the reasons for that being that there is a feeling that Dubrovka may want to leave to get permanent football yeah. Uh, yeah. at this late stage of his career. Does he want to see it just peter out sitting on a bench for season after season? because he's in his 30s now. Um, so there was a feeling within the club that he might wish to go, in which case we would want experience and not just Carrius and Gillespie uh, to be the backup. The situation as far as Lloris is concerned, uh, turning down Newcastle is uh, rather harsh because it didn't get to that situation. We were making inquiry, but he let it be known that, look, if I leave Spurs and I want to leave Spurs, I want to leave it for regular first team football. Yes, I'm sitting absolutely. on the bench. I'm sitting on the bench at Spurs. So why yeah. do I want to sit on the bench at Newcastle or in another club? If I leave, I want to leave for first team football. And that's why he pulled himself out of out of that situation. And as far as Pope's concerned, he's a terrific shot stopper. Every goalkeeper there's ever been and I include the all-time greats like Shilton and Banks and everybody else and Jennings and they will have off days when something happens and you know what you remember goalkeepers off days because often end up with a goal in the back of the net whereas a centre-half might be covered by the keeper making a great save you quickly forget the centre-half's mm -hmm. mistake or the midfielder's mistake, you don't forget a goalkeeper's mistakes because they're goals. The only thing Nick hasn't got is he's poor with his feet. And and it, it, if you remember, was it the Brighton game? It was a kick out that went straight to their player that resulted in the ball coming back, him making a save with his legs, then the shot straight at him, bounced off him and Ferguson put it in. But it originally started with bad kicking with his feet. He's not good with his feet uh, as good as the modern day guys, I think, particularly of the Liverpool and the Man City goalkeepers, but who are? I mean, those two look as if they could play centre midfield. Those two guys, they're, they're that calm with the ball at their feet. Um, he's not in that quality, but he is a good goalkeeper. He's a wonderful shot stopper, and I agree with Malcolm, he's a step up from Dubovka. Okay, there's lots of people coming up with different formations and it's difficult to get through all of them uh, today. But John Askew says, most Premier League clubs don't have one top-class striker. We've got two, but only play one. What would you think of playing Wilson as the main striker with Isaac as a Roman number 10? This could be cracking, says John. Malcolm? Yeah, yeah I, I understand what he's saying, but he's got to look at the reality of it. And, mm -hmm. and, and that is that we have... Um, Wilson, who is a, a, a more than a regular goal scorer, but he's not fit enough to, to do 90 minutes over and over and over again. He, he can't do it. His hamstring will not take it, which is why he's coming on for the last half an hour. Isaac's getting the instruction, give it all um, that you've got for the first hour. And then the change is made, and on comes uh, 
uh, Wilson because he could maybe do a half an hour, but probably not the full half of 45 minutes. And so uh, Eddie Howe is just looking to get the very best out of out of all of his forwards. And it's no, and it will be no use playing them together because um, more than likely Wilson, within two or three games, will be out injured and out for a long while. John, what's your thoughts on that? It's it's very very interesting. The theory is brilliant. The theory is brilliant, and uh, the practice is slightly different. The one thing that might happen, um, I think, for example, that Wilson may well start against Brentford. If he does, he won't finish. <laughs> that is Malcolm said. If he starts, he won't finish. Yeah. But he may well start because he's come on twice. He's, he's scored twice this season coming on as a sub, which makes him joint top goal scorer with Isaac, by the way, because two yeah. is the joint top yeah. goal scorer at the moment. And it was obvious when he scored down there at Brighton, not only would he not celebrate too much because it was 3-1, the game was gone. But I think he also was making the point, I score, but I'm not picked. Uh, I, I think he's irked by not being picked. Uh, this has been suggested by Alan Shearer, and I think it's absolutely on. And I think that he could start him against Brentford. Do it the other way on, you know, he, I agree with Malcolm. You're not you're not going to get ninety minutes, but instead of getting the the final thirty or forty minutes, you might get it at the start and then make the switch. The point is, if he does start with Wilson against Brentford, does he leave Isaac on the bench and bring him on for Wilson when that happens, or could he be tempted to do what he did last season and play Isaac wide left? Um, bringing and then switching him to centre forward when Wilson comes off. Because if you played Isaac wide left, you could play Gordon wide right for Almiron, who who is coming back from South America, so may well may well not be physically correct to start. So you right, could... then then you John, you've got uh, the other problem where there's there's a, a left side. There's a left winger who's only just been brought into the club, oh. and he's going to say, "Well, how many people am I behind?" Totally. Um, he, well, he hasn't got a start yet, has he? Harvey Barnes? No, hasn't absolutely. Got, hasn't got a start yet. There's an awful lot of decisions for Eddie to make, and and fans are having a, a good fun coming up with their elevens. And there's so many changes. What do you do with Ben? Well, you leave him out, do you? Well, if you leave him out and Botman's fit and you play Botman with Shaw, who do you play at left back? If not Burn, do you play Target? Do you take a chance with Hall? Who do you play in the three midfield? Who do you play up front? Right across, by the way, the front three, because you, you can leave you can play Wilson centre forward, you can play Isaac or Barnes on the left wing. You can play Gordon Almiron on the right. That's an awful... He'll probably come out with an unchanged team, you know, after all this. Because so far, he's played an unchanged team every single game, bar the last one when he was forced to make one change and he kept it to one. But uh, I'm going to be fascinated by the team sheet. I'm really going to be fascinated. And you know why? Because the team sheet might just decide what way the Brentford game's going to go. And and a, a victory, nothing less 
then a good victory against yeah. Brentford will do. Nothing less. Because anything less, and not only have we dropped points again, but what sort of mood are we in to go to AC Milan three days later? We must beat Brentford. Yeah, absolutely we must. Isn't he becoming too predictable, Malcolm? Uh, Eddie Howe, uh, Cumbrian Mag says, do you think he's becoming too predictable with his team, too predictable with the substitutions? The big criticism that's levelled with him on social media. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, Steve, on this, and I, I and I can understand, um, I can understand the supporters being very wary of this, but uh, um, I, th I think that Eddie Howe. Once he's got somebody in the side, he, he wants to stick with these people. Um, that they're the ones that are, are doing it, have been doing it, um, and and will do it. Uh, and he, he doesn't want to take chances. Uh, it, it, you, as a manager, you have to build player trust. They've got to have a trust in you. And if... And if there's somebody who uh, um, isn't quite doing it in the side, then you, you can maybe G them up a couple of times, but then if, if that doesn't make a difference, then they've got to be left out. But you, as long as you do it right and explain why you're doing it, then make the change. And I think that that's pretty much how Eddie Howe prefers to work. He wants to build player trust in him. Um, and 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 that works in the long term, uh, and and so he's very very careful to the point of being diligent in how he picks his side, who he brings on as a substitute, when to drop a player. Very diligent indeed. I mean, it, it, it's a fact, though, isn't it? That results determine whether you're right or not. Mm. You're right in your team selection if you win. You're wrong in your team selection if you lose. It's almost as simple as that, Malcolm, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, to, yeah. the, to the fan, I mean, to the fan. Mm -hmm. You're right if your team selection wins and you're wrong if your team selection loses. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is as simple as that, John. Um, you know, you can it can appear that you are wrong, um, but, but time will sort of prove you right. But... Uh, Football doesn't necessarily give you the time. Yeah, oh, that's right. Absolutely. No, definitely not. Lots of good comments coming in, as I say. Thanks for everybody who's uh, interacted in the chat today. Uh, Darren says, I don't understand how subs choices taking off players doing well. We seem to struggle from this as the players coming on then don't step up. And uh, John Askew says, should we be concerned about the current lack of balance and shape in our team? We're trying to put square, are we trying to put a square peg in a round hole with Tonali and Bruno, which is something that we uh, we covered earlier on. Cumbria Mag says, how do you rate Eddie Howe tactical ability against the Premier League top coaches? That's a good one. John, uh, how, how would you rate him against the likes of Pep and Arteta? Um, well, when you, when you mention Pep, you're talking about the ultimate. Uh, there's no question about that. Arteta is good, but like Eddie, um, he's further along the road than Eddie is, but like Eddie, he's still working towards the pinnacle of his career. He's not mm. at the pinnacle of his career. Whereas you would say Pep and you would say Klopp, however good or not he is, is at the pinnacle of their careers. Arteta is on the way up. 
house on the way up or take us further along the road maybe at the moment uh, than um, Eddie is. Uh, I mean, you know, the funny situation is last season and um, on the night we beat Aston Villa 5-1, everybody would have said that Eddie was an absolute genius and the next young manager of consequence and England manager, etc, etc. Now, all of a sudden, I read, it, I read somewhere unbelievably in one of the papers that um, the uh, bookies have made Sean Dyche the number one man to be uh, the first Premier League manager sacked this season. And all of a sudden, Eddie Howe was in the, in the betting. I mean, good God, he was in the betting for the England match, four matches, the England job four games ago. Now he's in the his sack race. I mean, then it, life changes, doesn't it? If we managed to beat Brentford and got a draw, one in AC Milan, he'd be a genius again. If we, <laughs> if we lose those two games, we, there'll be people demanding the tin tack next Wednesday. <laughs> this is the this is the wonder of modern media, isn't it, Malcolm? Yeah. Well, it, yes, it is, um, and <clears throat> everybody's trying to get just a. Uh, a, a different angle to to what's already been written and um, and, and spoken. Uh, so you 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 can get a whole variety of of opinions, but uh, really the only opinion that matters, as far as the dressing room is concerned, is that of Eddie Howe. The only opinion that really matters to him is um, the one that comes out of the boardroom. Uh, and, and they don't look. There's no need to look further than that. Um, and I, and I, honestly do not believe that, um, that sacking Eddie Howe has, has even entered the minds of anybody in the boardroom. No, you're, you're right, Malcolm. They're both singing off the same song sheet right now. There's no question about yeah. that. Newcastle aren't considering anything like that at all. Of course, you get some of the national papers. Not the journals up here because they're not with the nationals, but the ones from south, sort of suggesting, all right, they just because Newcastle have got money, or oh, they won't put up with three defeats, he'll be going the journey. <laughs> this is the same people that were telling us when we were taken over by Saudis would be signing Papi Messi and Ronaldo <laughs> taking him out of the Hancock Museum, dusting him down, and playing him up here. I mean, um. None of those knee-jerk reactions were going to happen. And um, let's keep a sense of proportion. Yes, we're depressed by the, the three defeats. Yes, we're shocked, even though the the, the, um, the teams we played were terrific. Mainly shocked by the manner of it at Brighton, uh, which really topped the whole thing off for us. Um, but let's keep a sense of proportion here. We, we've lost three games. We lost three games on the trot last season and finished fourth top and we, we'd made a Wembley Cup final and we made the Champions League. So we need to keep a sense of proportion because, you know, we've got to be very, very careful here that we, we're not wishing any of us to go back to the uh, Laurel and Hardy situation of Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce. Yeah, and good luck to Yorkshire Cricket Club, who look as if they could have a new owner. Uh, they're going to buy the club for £22 million, and it's Mike Ashley. So, God bless yeah. the Yorkshire Cricketman. Yes, it is. Well, he bowled plenty googlies up here, so he can... He, 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 he'll be well set to take... 
I mean, Yorkshire, with what's happened to them recently, all they need yeah. is Mike Ashley to take over. I mean, they would be yeah. better off with a hole in the head than Mike Ashley, <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> England, England play Ukraine, of course. Uh, European qualifier, lads. I mean, international weekend. I, I, I can't, I can't stand them, lads, because it takes us away from our beloved Newcastle United. But uh, how do you see that game going, John? Ukraine, England. Well, I mean, like, you've got to think that England, if they're going to do anything, have got to win matches like this. For goodness' sake, these these guys. Oh, it war! They've got so much on their mind. They've got so much happening in their own country. They, they've got talented, talented, talented footballers. But if we are anywhere near what we're supposed to be, then you win these, you win these games. But I mean, you know, England are so predictable, aren't they? We we fly through all qualifying. We finish top of the group. We're unbeaten or near unbeaten. Then we go into the finals. We're going to win the final. It's, this is going to be our greatest honour since 1966. And then it isn't. And it's all a catastrophe. And is Garrick, should Gareth Southgate be sacked? And then off we go again. And we'll, we'll play 12 uh, qualifying games, win 11 and draw one. And we're going to win the world again. And it's a bit predictable, isn't it? I don't think... I think Gareth, at the end of this campaign, including any finals or anything that comes along, will be the end of Gareth. I think he'll be ready to say enough's enough. I think a lot of them, a lot of the glint in his eye and the smile on the lips has been replaced by gritted teeth recently. Mm. But um, He's a very cautionary fella. Oh, he wears belt and braces and wonders yeah, yeah. where he can take his yes. bed. Yeah, but, he's, but he, he's an absolute FA man. Oh, uh, Perfect for the FA. He is yes, literally he is. that. He is literally okay. that. I mean, you, you can't imagine uh, Cluffy or Mourinho or anybody like that within the England job yeah. and handling and handling the FA. Or, or worse, the FA having to handle them. Mm. Prediction, yeah. Malcolm, should beat the Ukraine, do you think? Oh, yes, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah. I, I'd go 3-0. Um, 3-0. Okay, lads, uh, you know what? Nothing happening at Newcastle, but there's always something happening at Newcastle. As always, great to have you guys on the show. Look forward to seeing you both next Thursday. Have a great week. Take care, lads. All right. Take care, boys. Bye-bye, fellas.